Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Right now, writes Shugri Saeed Sal, I should be married to an old nomadic man leading a nasty-tempered camel through the desert in search of water. That's if war and family circumstances had not wrested Sal from her nomadic childhood in the Somali desert, sending her on a migratory journey that ends in Northern California. Sal's memoir is out today entitled The Last Nomad. Shugri Saeed Sal, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Mina. How are you? I'm well. It's a pleasure to have you on. And I'm struck by the title of your book. Why yeah. was The Last Nomad a fitting title for your memoir? Why Why last? You know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, because uh, for my family, I am the last nomad. My children raised in California is not going to go back to Somalia or become a nomad. So I am the first person of my direct family life, uh, mm. family to have lived that life. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, that that's why the title is The Last Nomad for I my see. family. And also, Mina, I mean, as you know, there are not a lot of uh, nomads. It's like it was one is, you know, climate change, uh, all kind of things that had t- taken place affected it. So, uh, it, you know, people are moving more into the city, you know, so yeah. That's, yeah. Well, what For, was that nomadic way of life? Um, so I want to, Mina, first to thank you guys all very much for this opportunity. I don't want to ask our conversation to go in without saying that. Oh. But I wanted to really thank you all very much. And you and I actually are both Canadian, eh? Can you get that? <laughs> that's, that's right. We are. And, uh, well, yeah. of course... We we were quite fascinated with your story. I mean, it is not every day that you end up meeting uh, somebody who has spent their childhood herding goats in the Somali desert. I mean, what was your daily life like? What what was play even like for you? Oh my God, Nina! It is. Let me just give you an overview of what a nomad, so we can uh, go into deeper. Think of a nomad of people who move around in the desert. Yeah, everything they own for grazing land and water, right? And when the grazing land dries up, we take all we own and put it in a nasty timber camel or a well-trained camel, whatever camel you have at that time, and we set all, set all, off to a near uh, uh, greener pastures, you know. And so 
to me as a child, when I was really very little, my job was just looking after a baby goat, you know? So I stay around the hat and just chase around the baby goats, keep them around, you know, when the days get hot, you know, herd them around the shade. And then, but as I get older, Mina, I think the responsibility was that I look after the goats, you know? And that meant that I will head into, set off and head into the desert and herd my goats and camel uh, and sheep farther away from my hut and will be, will, you could encounter um, uh, lions, hyenas, wow. but the immediate, <laughs> and scorpions also <laughs> sometimes get bitten, but the immediate things were fox and crackle, what we call the red one, which is like a bobcat, and that is enemy of your goats and sheep. So, and I will go do that, and you have to make stay vigilant the whole day. You know, we are children st still, but you know, we will count our goats and climb termites and play around, and you know, and then. You, by as the evening approaches and the sun is heading home, you head home too to your hut, and there you will uh, make sure you fence, the, you milk the animals, fence the young away from the mother so they don't suckle them whole night. And then you sit by the fire, you know, you drink the milk, you sit by the uh, and eat some meat, and you sit yeah. by the fire for some stories. And you know, you ask me if we play around or um, that was, you know, we just play, we play games. I remember games, I can't recall what it's called, but we dig a hole in the, de the desert and we throw rocks at it. We did something like, look like to me a hopscotch, you know, yeah. there's a plant of animals to play with. Um, well, Shagri, yeah. you created yeah. such a beautiful image for me to imagine <laughs> yeah. right now. One of the things yeah. I, I was so struck by is the way yeah. that you got to this life was in essence, your mother gifted you to mm -hmm. your grandmother yeah. that uh, that you became a member of your grandmother's subclan, basically. Yep. 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 Your yep. parents had moved with you to the city and then you as the fifth child and fourth girl were yep. basically assigned to stay with your grandmother. Can you talk about how that made you feel at the time? Um, you know, Honestly, Mina, when you are a child, you know, it's not like, you know, like I'm being gifted. This is all happening. You're one day in the city and the next day at the background, your parents decided that you're going to be given as your grandmother and to grandmother. And they just grab you by the hand and you end up in the desert. However, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I have to give you the, the, the backdrop where this is story of mine took place. I am obviously I am from a well-educated father. Um, my father was both English and Arabic teacher, and he was also a scholar, Islamic scholar. And he is, was my desert mother, who he married uh, at the tender age of 15. Beautiful woman, as I was told. Um, she was really very tangled with that world. And uh, my father was very uh, adamant about getting his daughter's education. You know, this is a culture that did not care for daughter's education, but in that time. But my father was. And so so that created a little conflict. And what I learned was my parents had one of their worst arguments over my destiny. And my mother actually 
threaten about to maybe to end the marriage or say, that's it, I am going to give one of the, my daughter. So here I come as my mother's fourth daughter, right? <laughs> Tipping the scale in her favor. And she was, and and my father finally, I guess, agreed to it. So I was at one point going in first grade. I was finishing first grade. And the next thing I know, I was, you know, in the desert. What is to keep in mind is, the desert was not something, Mina, that was new to me. To me. As a child of a nomadic mother and an educated mother, I vacillated, right? Is that the right word between mm -hmm. these two worlds, right? All my siblings did. So, and what's, you know, I was really a curious, witty child with big ears. So <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the desert suited me. And perhaps Mina, my mom, you know, I don't know if if the question asked, but you know, I reckon with this as an adult. You know, I said, was I dispensable? Why did mm. my mother give me? I was really reckoning with that. However, when in that was in my low moment, when I really think about it, perhaps my mother saw something in me. Perhaps she felt that I am the one who can survive this harshness of the desert. You know, in the desert, Mina, survival of the fittest is put into the test. Yes. I was bitten by a scorpion a snake, chased by an angry warhawks, uh, tried to ride an ostrich that was not successful. And, you know, I was just one of those kids who was always climbing termites, doing crazy. So for a child, really, you know, maybe my I mean, my mom yes. knew that I needed. I that, like that it suited so. you. Yes, <laughs> I, I was struck so. by yeah. your description that you did feel in, like maybe you were dispensable in your low moments, but have come to feel that maybe she was honoring you with her choice. We're talking with Shugri Saeed Saul, author of the new memoir, The Last Nomad, Coming of Age in the Somali Desert. And if you have questions for Shugri Saeed Saul about her fascinating life story, 866-733-6786 is the number to call to join. You can email them to forum at kqed.org. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. And one of the things that uh, when you talk about just how how intense and difficult life could be as well as incredibly exhilarating at the same time mm -hmm. there is something that i yeah. do want to ask you about which was a really i think a difficult part of your memoir which was to yeah. describe being circumcised at at mm -hmm. about age seven by a medicine woman and you say that that mm -hmm. was a right that you looked forward to so you could mm -hmm. join the ranks of the so-called clean girls. Yeah. I'm wondering how you think about that experience now and your decision to be open about it and share it. Oh my God. For Let me just get it out there is that I am absolutely against that. You know, I mean, and I am honored to say I sever that cord for my daughters. Mm. My daughters are not circumcised, nor would they ever, ever be circumcised. And none of my grand-grandchildren, this ends with me. Just like I said, I'm the last nomad. If I, this is, this is it for that, you know. However, Mina, what I was really trying to, when I was writing this book, Mina, I really wanted to be, I hope I'm saying your name right, Mina. You are, yes. Yeah, thank you, it's a beautiful name. Uh, I really wanted to be honest with you because I think when I read other books, no one really gave people insight so you can understand what gets, what has, what has get us started to that road 
would have even wanted us to torture our daughters, right? So I want you to imagine in a culture that um, daughter, um, I, you know, this is a culture that daughters uh, were given each other um, when in the nomad, in the desert, as a form of to create alliance, right? And this man and this man were giving each other virgin daughters, and you better be virgin, right? If not, it created all kind of trouble for you. So having that background is important. Um, and so also what you have to understand is there are all forms of female circumcisions. Like Somalis do practice the most extreme. And I wouldn't go to into graphic description just to out of respect for you listeners. However, I wanted to say from a get-go, Mina, from a young age, you are shamed, right? If they see you sitting by the fire with, and you reveal your private, literally somebody would just launch something at you or like, or a fire, you know, a little stick, of, a little stick, you know, like pointed at you and you're like, oh, you know, as a kid. So by the time I come, you come of age, you, you yourself come to hate it. Whether you are afraid or not, you do want to join that rank of big, uh, big girls who are are kind of a maybe respected, right? Mm. However, in my, you know, in my case, you know, when it was happening, my grandmother had just lost her daughter, my desert flower mother. She was grieving. And I was um, a woman, a young girl who grew up the shadow of this fierce warrior, poet woman who will literally <laughs> chase lions out, young goats out of the young lion's mouth. That is the woman who gave. So I learned to mimic her, to be brave so when it come down to a time to go and I knew Mina my grandmother was grieving so I also wanted to take that burden away from her so mm. when time came I literally volunteered to go first and what happened in that uh, took place and which everybody says well that you just have come undone and laughed beautifully is the uh, the, the chapter called uh, female circumcision and Really, yes. um, you know, it is what it is, but yes. I, I am not agreeing. I just wanted to give you, you know, my grandmother knew yes. had, she did not do that. No one will marry me. And she was doing me a favor. Like, Well, I appreciate yeah. how openly yeah. you shared that. We're talking with Shagri Saeed Saul. The Last Nomad is the title of her memoir, Coming of Age in the Somali Desert. And you are listening to Forum, I Mean a Kim. When you were nine years old, your nomadic life ends, and then war and family circumstances send you and your siblings to an orphanage. You lost your mother, as you say, you end up in an orphanage, and then your family become refugees of the war, and ultimately you flee to Kenya, ending up in a refugee camp where, by just a stroke of luck, it was discovered that your grandfather had lived in Kenya while it was a mm -hmm. British colony, and it entitled mm -hmm. you to residence. <laughs> and then... Ultimately, you find a pathway to Canada. Can you yeah. talk about uh, your impressions of Canada, what you remember of that time, that, that incredible journey? Um, if I go back um, um, and just give you where it started, and then we can end up in Canada. So let me, uh, if, that's, uh, sure. if that's okay with you. Uh, I want people to imagine, I, me, you know, eventually I left in the desert. Now I'm in the capital of Somalia, Mogadishu. I am going into one of the most richest high school in Somalia, where all the rich people go, not because I'm rich, it's just location. And, um, you know, I am having crash uh, over the boys, you know, and we're going to the market, we're doing all this, 
fronting like a teenager. I used to dance both with Michael Jackson and to our Somali singer, Omar Dula, you know. All of these amazing singers, when I have a crush uh, over boys, they, they help me, you know. I will dance and they yeah. remedy and heal my pain. So should we say, that, I should just say we do only have a couple of minutes, though, before the okay, end of yeah. the hour. So, so then, thank you so much. So they did that. And then you go the war like little bit the first gun was fire and then the second thing was like we're running and my whole family ex created this you know exited from Mogadishu we end up in the borders of on Kenya hungry and refugee it was desperate you couldn't go into border I didn't even know borders existed so it was really tough we couldn't go in I was a refugee and that I remember as a desperate times eventually like you said my grandfather is being a uh, some documentation from long time ago residing a border of Kenya, a town that is now part of Kenya, uh, grant us to enter um, Kenya. And amazingly, I end up becoming a refugee to Canada. So I end up um, arriving in Canada in the dead of winter as this desert woman did. So that was a really amazing, Mina. And then ultimately you become a nurse living in Sonoma, California, and you've written that you have come so far from where you started that is yeah. often comical. Can you give me a quick sense of what makes you laugh to yourself? An example you know, of something like that. It's kind of funny because, it, you know, I mean, I, I'm often like humor is what I really get through. And it's really funny because I tell people when I'm starting that IV is I'm always, always trying to take ways to distract. I'm about to start put a needle in them. So I try to take them a world mean, and that's quite different than what's there. So I, you know, I, I tell them about the desert and nomad. And sometimes some of them will, will get nervous. And they said, where did you get your education or, you know, and I'll tell them, oh, you you know what I my last IV I practiced on the elephant you know I was hurting my goat you know you are my second victim and they're like oh like just kidding you're all right <laughs> you know so well, I, I have to... <laughs> yeah I loved your descriptions of how you learned to be a, a soccer mom give out candy at Halloween not throw away yeah. baby teeth how you've been fascinated with how people keep goats as pets in northern California. Oh, do, I mean, do it's... you really want to? I mean, if you want to hear that story of the goat, I'm happy to tell you. You know what? I think what I'll do is tease it for our listeners to say that that is a really funny story to to read. But Thomas writes, and I just want to see if I can squeeze in this one question from Thomas, who writes. The nomad lifestyle described probably has a very low carbon footprint. That lifestyle has not caused the climate disaster. Our lifestyle, which your guest has now joined, is causing the climate disaster. Is there a way to combine the best of both worlds for a less destructive future? I think, you know, when I, when I was thinking is, I mean, we're not a material people, right? Nomads live a very simple life, right? And so here we want to live more land. We want to venture into territories that belong to other animals, right? And bigger, bigger land. And we forget that we share the land or maybe we're going into their habitat, right? So if, if, if the takeaway from the nomadic life is live a simple life, right? And always, you know, take what you need 
and don't leave uh, don't destroy things because that's a life like everything we eat the animals we slaughter i know some vegetarians are having a little heart attack today we ate everything of it that and you know it was that's just the way life was and then when it's time to move you move on you know what i mean yeah well that's a very very great thought thank you for your book shagri saeed Sal, the last nomad coming of age in the somali desert and thank you for coming on forum you've been listening to forum i'm mina kim funds for the production of forum are provided by the members of kqed public radio and the germanicos foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.